Hello, my name is Timid Diem Jen. That's D-J-I-N-N. Just call me Jen. It's easier. Welcome to this episode of Timid Tabletop, a podcast focused to help new and passive players build their confidence. I'll use my own experience to hopefully guide you outside of your comfort zone in a good way. Now, the main topic of this episode is dealing with anxiety and ways to help with anxiety. I apologize in advance for the serious mood of this episode. I do, however, feel that since the goal of this podcast is to help you build confidence, that dealing with anxiety is an important step. I apologize again, as this will include less tabletop-related things. Instead, it will be more every day. So, let's get you on the path to conquering this panic-inducing enemy that may be preventing you from enjoying certain aspects of your life. First, I feel I must say that I am not a trained professional. There is nothing wrong at all with seeing a trained medical professional to address anxiety, depression, and any other mental health problems. Some of the tips I will be going over are things I learned myself from therapy, along with other coping mechanisms that I learned in my life that may or may not work for you. Everyone is different. I'm going to apologize again, as this episode will have a lot of moments of me talking about me, although it is for examples. I'm not here to talk about myself just to do so, especially since it is hard for me to open up. And some people do learn with stories, just like Aesop's Fables. So let's start by going back to basics and addressing what is anxiety. I know this is probably not necessary for some, but here we go. Typing the word anxiety in my search engine gives me anxiety is your body's natural response to stress. It's a feeling of fear or apprehension about what's to come. The first day of school, going to a job interview, or giving a speech may cause most people to feel fearful and nervous. So right from the start, this confirms that anxiety is actually a natural response. It does continue with explaining that if you have feelings of anxiety and they're extreme and are interfering with your life, you may have an anxiety disorder. Now, that's where I am myself. My anxieties interfered with my life and the things I wanted to do. For example, reaching out to friends. Sometimes it overwhelms me and prevents me from being social. This is a problem I still deal with from time to time. Anxiety can stop you from doing a lot of things in life if you let it. So it seems simple, but don't forget to celebrate the small steps. It only took you 30 minutes to psych yourself up for making that phone call. That's something to be proud of. I've been there, although I did not celebrate it. I will tell you from my experience, it usually gets easier with time. It may never stop your heart from pounding, but I no longer agonize for days over making an important phone call. So what are some of the steps we might take to start addressing overwhelming anxiety? The first is truly to seek out professional help. Mental health is very important. However, I understand that this is also probably the hardest thing to do. If you are not an adult, you should find an adult you can trust, a parent, a teacher, a doctor. Tell them about your feelings of anxiety. Tell them you wish to be given the tools or resources to handle your anxiety. If you break your leg, there is often a physical sign. You'd be able to show others who would get you the care you need. 
Things like anxiety, depression, and other mental health problems are not as easy to detect. If you never tell someone, they may never know. When I was going to therapy, it was through my insurance way back when. They had several listings for psychiatrists, which I then had to call, since, you know, I was an adult. Before calling, I wrote in a notebook simple things that I wanted to be sure I said, including introducing myself and what I needed, like an appointment. I used to do this every time before making a phone call. A little script goes a long way in helping, in my opinion. I have also done this to communicate with my own mother with my feelings, since I had a hard time doing it with just my words. I don't do it as often with phone calls anymore, but I do it with this podcast. I fear that if I don't, I will not say what I mean to say, and what I hope to provide to possible listeners will be lost. Perhaps there will come a day when I don't need a script to help keep me on track, but today is not that day. There's never a problem with taking notes for anything. Personally, I have found it helps me focus. When I listen to the doctors describe the fact that my husband is in stage 5 renal failure, taking notes on what they were saying helped me stay focused. I have been told many times that I am a strong individual, although I don't feel it. Inside my head is sometimes whirling, my heart beating much too fast. Anxiety can be problematic for anyone who becomes overwhelmed by it. I want you to know that your anxiety is not who you are. It does not make you. You can overcome it with time and the tools to succeed. So let's start with the easiest, most common tool, breathing. You might be thinking, well, this is stupid. Just as anxiety is a natural response, so is breathing. I apologize if you are now aware of your breathing, but we typically do it subconsciously. Breathe in deeply for four seconds. Hold that breath for seven whole seconds. And then release for eight seconds. You can count one Mississippi, one 1,000, just ensure you do close to full seconds. Repeat this for three times. And this should help you relax and start to focus. You can also just try to take some slow breaths if you feel unable or even silly doing the previous breathing technique. The object is to focus on breathing. Counting seconds and breaths can help you calm down during high points of anxiety. The next one is a self-comfort technique that I learned in therapy sessions. It is akin to a comforting touch, and it is something you can do subtly. It is simply rubbing your arm, leg, skin where you can. Sitting or standing, you can cross your arms in front of you, placing a hand on the opposite wrist and gently touching. It works best with deep breaths and slow touches. When you first use this, you might find your fingers moving too quickly, which I did as well, and it kind of made my anxiety worse. When I coupled it with breathing, however, you may find that it is easier to keep the movement slow. You may find that you actually do this sometimes subconsciously in the form of rubbing your fingers together. I have a tendency to do it while I'm thinking. Things such as worry stones or even fidget items like cubes uh, can also help in this regard. This is one you can easily use in social situations, since 
you can do it even with one hand using your thumb on another finger. The next one is one that I never could master as it didn't seem to work for me. That doesn't mean it won't help you, but it's positive affirmations. These lists can be long, so I will recommend searching for some that you think might be useful. Uh, confidence, anxiety, self-love, or just simply positive affirmations bring up good lists. You can say these in your head, but I was told verbally works best. One thing that riddles me with anxiety is thinking of things that I need to do. I think of one thing and remember another, and it just starts to grow. If this happens to you as well, you can start by writing the things down. Something tangible makes things easier and also gets it in front of you. You can then look at this list and focus on what's important. Something like forgetting to mail a letter has an easy remedy. This is something you can do in a minute and can help lessen your anxiety. Then it will no longer be on the list pestering you. There is also a need to accept that certain things may be out of your control. Maybe you had a recent job interview or a test and you feel yourself thinking about the what ifs. Well, it is something that has happened and it is now out of your control. Out of your control isn't a bad thing. We should accept, however, that you can't change what may have happened in the interview or the answers on the test. This is where you should always remember to prepare. Prepare for the worst, but always hope for the best. So if you don't get the job, you have other applications in place. If you got a bad grade on the test, keep your brain strong with studying. Prepare yourself for the next time by taking notes. Hope that you still did well in these aspects, but this safety net will make it easier to recover and do a better job. One thing I have learned about anxiety is that time and repetition makes things easier. The introduction to this podcast was recorded several times, deleted and recorded again. I let it sit after uploading it before hitting the publish button. This episode, though, will be recorded and published same day. Working in any field that features customer service means you have to talk to people. My first job in fast food, I had to do this a lot, talking to several people a day, asking them quiet questions. Now I can approach people who seem lost and ask them if they need help. I can join in conversations, although I typically don't start them. Understanding can also help you avoid some anxiety, so ask questions. I've actually been thanked by people for asking questions when I've been trained for various jobs. All of that stems from wanting to understand the job to ensure that I don't mess up. I would write the questions down and take notes of their answers for reference later. I have also done this with selecting apartments, asking different places the same questions, and then comparing notes. I'm not an obsessive note taker or list maker, but I find it helps me ask all the questions I want when anxiety makes me forget. One of the overwhelming things about anxiety is the what ifs. This can apply to the past, future, or present. When you start thinking of past things and think, well, what if? You need to remember you can't change it. So if this stems from guilt, something you could have done differently, it can weigh on you. However, unless there is something you can do to change it, that's all it will do. 
If you feel you upset someone, you can always apologize. But like the test or interview, you can't change what happened in that moment or time. A phrase I like when it comes to past what-ifs is, do you have a time machine? If the answer is no, then this simple phrase helps put it into perspective, for me at least, helping me to let it go. Looking at future what-ifs within reason, you can write them down and prepare for them. This works for present as well. Tests and job interviews are the most common, so again, you have ways to prepare. I prepare myself for interviews by breathing and remaining as calm as I can. Personally, I try my hardest not to think of questions they might ask. I feel it has never done me any good to just fret over my answers. Although, it doesn't stop me. While waiting, I breathe deeply several times, breathing out slowly while I wait to be called back. Even if I am not calm, I do what I can to look it. I have a tendency to fidget. Even now, my legs are bouncing. I do not believe there is anything wrong with fidgeting, but in a professional scenario, I try my best not to. So, in interviews, I keep my hands on the table or in my lap, often crossed with one hand holding my wrist, the other hand flat. I keep my feet flat or crossed at the ankles. I try to keep my breathing slow and steady and remind myself through the whole process to smile and make eye contact. Since humans have free will, focusing on future and present things that depend on how others can act can get you tripped up. Certain things will always be outside of your control. These things may always give you anxiety. There is an older saying that worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but doesn't get you anywhere. Instead, you should focus on things within your control that are causing you anxiety. Back to that list. After thinking a bit on what you can and can't control, cross anything off the list that you can't. Then order them from priority. Perhaps you have an assignment that is due, but you need to make an appointment as well. The assignment is important, but don't make anything more important than your health. Mark that appointment as top priority. After you have it sorted, focus on the top priority. If you look at everything you still need to do, the anxiety will stay. If you focus on the list one thing at a time, you will be able to tackle it in no time. If you have to focus, like I do, by saying mentally that one thing you need to do, that's fine. I often tell myself several times when I am about to do a certain task to ensure that I stay focused on it. It's silly, but sometimes I sing about it, out loud, if I am alone. It's another thing that I find helps with the stress and anxiety of it, is making it a little bit silly. Maybe the most important tip I have is don't be mean to yourself. I know that this is a hard thing to do. Life is already hard, though. If you keep checking those things off your list, then acknowledge that you are doing a good job. Not beat yourself up for still having things to do. You should also not beat yourself up for getting distracted. When I clean, for example, I end up going from room to room back and forth. I will find something I want to put in its proper place, go to where it belongs, and then start doing something there. 
Sometimes I remember I wanted to get the other room done first and head back. Sometimes I don't get back until I put something else in its proper place. When I take a break, I don't get upset with myself for not having finished a room, but I look at what I have accomplished and how much closer I am to making things neater. Well, I don't have any questions to answer, so instead, I will give you some more tools. You can find these tools and more with a quick search. I will admit that I am not a fan of the hotline since I had a bad experience when I attempted to talk to someone from the suicide prevention. I do know that they have helped others. I have never called another hotline due to this, but it may help you to have someone to talk to. The first one is National Alliance on Mental Illness, or NAMI. They are 1-800-950-6264. This one appears to be focused on giving information and referrals to treatment and support groups. They are not a 24-hour service. One I mentioned, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Their number is 1-800-273-8255. They have other numbers, including Spanish, hard of hearing, and veterans. They also now have a chat service on their website as well, which may make it easier. The site is suicidepreventionlifeline.org. This is a 24-hour service. The last one I will leave you with is geared for teenagers and parents. It's Boys Town National Hotline at 1-800-448-3000. They also offer email, text, and online chat services. Their website is boystown.org. They are a 24-hour crisis intervention that also gives referrals. One of the other things that I would like to mention that I forgot is music. For me personally, music is key to life. I go to bed every night listening to soothing, relaxing music. And I have always found that music can indeed help me. Find music that helps soothe you, help keep you grounded. I would like to apologize for the length of this. I do believe that anxiety may be stopping people from living life to their fullest, just like it did me. I want to try to help fight that. And you are not alone. So thank you for listening to all of, or even just part of this episode. If you want to reach out, you can certainly message me on Twitter at DMGen, or send me an email at timiddmgen at gmail.com. Both are spelt D-J-I-N-N. You can share your story with me or ask any questions. If you do, please let me know if you would like to be read out loud and whether you want to be mentioned. Until next time, best wishes and stay confident.